Jeremy is Conrad. You are quite level grade 36. And you are listening to the Candair Podcast. Now stop it and get back to work. And welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today to talk about his Kickstarter running till March 15th for the book for book number three of Book of Lyaxia. We welcome creator Aaron Pohara. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How's everybody tonight? So far, so good. And I am anticipating a good episode. Yes. I say that every fucking time. <laughs> But you know what? I I really mean it this time. Hey, I can actually breathe and talk, so I'm happy to be back this week. Yeah, yeah, you're not all congested and yes. snotty and all that shit. Right. Yeah, yeah, fun, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fun, shit. <laughs> fun stuff indeed. <laughs> fun stuff indeed. Glad to have you back amongst the living, Randy. Uh, we have a good show again lined up for you today in the Retro Roundtable. We're going to be looking at depictions of the future from across pop culture, movies, television, comics, video games, wherever it may be. That's what we're looking at, and uh, that's just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Especially after I start writing some of this stuff down. Isn't that always the way it happens? Yeah, I'm excited. And then we're going to turn our full attention over to Aaron and talk more about Book of Lyaxia. But before we do all of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Cand underscore Air. Again, people, if you like what we're doing and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com forward slash CandairPod, where for $5 a month, you can get access to the Candare Patreon pod, a show we do once a month, which is, I think, kind of like the behind-the-scenes show we yeah, do. Yeah, for relaxed. A lot know. of the time we do it after we've recorded one of the one of the freebie, the normie episodes, yeah. you know, and then we kind of kick back, relax, and really get intimate with the patrons. You know it. So, so if that's the experience you want, $5 a month gets you there. And not only that, we're changing our tears up and we've got some really cool like radio dramas and other fun mm. actual, actual physical merch so preach it Randy yeah bring it on guys mm. check it out it's coming it's a coming it's a coming don't hold your breath too long because it, it, we got some work ahead of us but it is coming yes <laughs> promise <I> promise <laughs> All right. Anything else we're forgetting? Uh, just uh, we are officially a syndicated podcast now, so uh, check us out every morning uh, with the Morning Zoo Show on the mm-hmm. Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network, CVRN. I believe there's players and stuff for that, but uh, yeah, we're your Morning Zoo Show, 9 a.m. till 10 every mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. 9 to 10 in the morning. You say Morning Zoo, that makes me think of all the weird sound effects and shit. It's not that at all. It's just the show you're hearing here, just on another platform. I kind of like that. I like that. All right. Let's check us out there. And without any further ado, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. Do it. Do it. Come on. I'm here. Come on. Do it now. Oh, my God. Let's go, Kenny. Grass. Taste bad. All right, gentlemen. Depictions of future from across pop culture. Randy, kick it off, would you? 
I'm just going to go super broad right off the bat and just I always love on any of like old movies, old TV shows, whatever. When they reference the future, they, you know, it's like in the year 1990X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's always fun to see that. And then just like immediately I tune in and like, OK, wh- what are they saying it's going to be like? We do not have spaceships right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's something uh, Back to my, the Future maybe should have done and put the X's in there right. because we've already fought. What was it, 2014 we were looking into? I think so, I yeah. I think it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Aaron. It sounded like you were about to say something. No, I was just going to bring up Hackers. That's the movie that, um, oh, wow. if you look at the how the future was portrayed, how people thought it's going to happen, and with the hackers, you look at the technology that they had then and look at it now, and it's, it's crazy. It's so, <laughs> yeah. so insane. Did, did they actually give a firm date on that, do you remember, or was it like 1999 or 1990X? I, or? I think it was like 95 to 97 somewhere um, that they said, but I, I don't know if they actually said what the date was. <laughs> Wow. Um, but it was it was insane. Like, oh, I got eight megabytes of memory. I'm gonna destroy the world with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and all, any and all information in that time frame that is so damaging to the world is always on like a three and a half inch floppy disk. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> Why not? Why not? Indeed. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, here's one uh, for you. If we look back to, I think it was 1990. Okay. And even before then with the comics, Dick Tracy predicted oh. the I, the Apple iWatch long before it came along. Dude, they? I totally forgot about that. They totally did. They really did. And I remember seeing that when I was a kid thinking, like, how cool that would be, but oh, totally undoable. That's not possible, right. you know, like to have a full TV on your wrist. Because, you know, <laughs> the only TV technology at the time was tube technology. So you're going to have a little tube TV on your wrist. He's just you know? dragging it along. The <laughs> <dirt>. <laughs> I'm Dick Tracy. <laughs> but if, damn it, here we are. We it, got him. It's crazy because I, I read or watched a documentary on like Star Trek about how all these people like growing up saw like all the just random crap and then like tried to make that actually happen yeah and it's it's just crazy it makes me think of like the doors at the supermarket when you walk up to and they just slide over right you know right i always want to just make that noise. <laughs> exactly <laughs> well if you think about star trek though, a lot of that stuff was already you know portrayed there you had tablets you know them walking around the yeah. ship with computers in their hand essentially tablets cell phones they had all that stuff you know the communicator especially in our original star trek the flip phone the flip communicator i mean yeah. that's that's where it all came from it's, it's crazy, crazy because we did an episode a long time ago uh when what if was still on the candair platform it was okay. what if uh science fiction had inspired technology which okay. is a stupid title because of course it has right but uh one thing that we did in there is we held up the the i think it was a nokia razor phone next to the star Tre- uh, star trek original communicator and the similarities were crazy that's crazy crazy i never thought about the specific nokia before yeah, I mean, think about how they fold open, how they held them, and oh, you know, yeah. compare that to what they did in Star Trek. Very, very similar look to them. Yeah, that's crazy. A little longer, but, uh, right. you know, still, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, where are we? Whose pick is it next? Uh, Aaron, I think it's Europe. How about uh, dystopian futures like Blade Runner or Hunger Games or stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, Blade Runner is probably I, I won't say a realistic, but at least in down to the dumps type of. You know, we didn't really evolve; we more devolved in a sense. Right. So, so it feels like it's gonna get more to the Blade Runner level than it is gonna get to the Star Trek level anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And sad. Yeah. And sad. sad. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I do. I just come here to make everybody sad. That's my job. I kind of feel bad. Well, good job, Eric. You're winning. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for all like the robotics companies and stuff that are trying to like make like robots that uh-huh. you know help people or whatever. Because everybody in the background is chiming. This is how Terminator starts. This is where. <laughs> yeah. We've learned nothing. Hey, right. Do you not watch the movies? Come on. <laughs> You know, it's funny. Um, I don't even know how funny it is, but there were uh, I can't I think it was through Google. There were two Google like AI computers that had been made. OK. And uh, some university, I don't remember where, who it was, if it even was at a fucking university. This just happened. OK, <laughs> take my word for it. It happened. <laughs> they they put these two computers in communication with each other. OK. And these communicate. Excuse me. These computers. <laughs> started communicating so quickly and deciphering their own language that only they know. Oh. And they quickly separated them. But it, <laughs> I mean, isn't it crazy? That quickly, Yeah, that's where they went. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's maybe just kind of the, the hick in me going, look at damn computers. But <laughs> um, again, it, it lends to the Terminator thing. Yeah. We, we've seen the seed. <laughs> Let's learn now. Right. But there's also that, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, because it's all been all over YouTube for a few years. Uh, the It's an artificial intelligence, but it's a, it's a woman. I think they call her Ava, Eve? Yeah, or the, the android or whatever. Yeah, Eva, like the back too. of her head's open. You can see like the computer and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can sit and actually talk and converse, right. have a conversation with her. And uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Terminator. <laughs> right? <laughs> learn fucking nothing. Anyway. Where were we? Uh, I think I'll, I'll go next. Um, so back in the early 90s, um, I watched... You guys remember the Jetsons movie? I remember the Jetsons. I didn't okay. see the film. They had like a standalone movie, and it was long after the series came to an end because it was they had like some computer graphics and stuff um, mixed into it. But uh, in the movie, George gets promoted to a different... like planet like a mining planet okay um but they they go and move into a new home and i just remember it was so cool to me as like a little four or five year old they walk into the house and there's nothing there and they just press a button and like all this stuff starts appearing and like coming out of the walls and like oh there's a treadmill oh there's elroy's room there's you know this this and this it was just so cool that you know they just walked in just manifesting out of nothing yeah like wow. transforming from nothing. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Can you imagine if that technology existed? Any of us had the capability to just manifest anything in front of us we wanted at any given moment. I would imagine there to be stipulations on such a machine. <laughs> you it, 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 like a copy machine. If you right. lay a dollar bill on it, it's not going to copy it. You know, so same kind of thing. I would imagine, right. but 
Yeah, I mean, hell, 3D printers are coming a long way, too. So pretty soon we'll be able to just hit, hit a button and a cheeseburger. Well, if you 3D print a $100 bill and successfully pass that piece of shit, I'm going to be I, I was talking like something myself. edible. <laughs> I saw 3D printers actually print an entire house. And it's insane. Yeah, like, I've seen that, too. The, isn't it like um, they print out like concrete or something, right? It's like yeah. a dome house. Okay. Yeah, I've saw, I've, there was even a video where they 3D printed a whole car, like a father and son did. Yeah, I believe it. Like a work driving car. Damn it, Jack, you see what episode you're missing, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, when you got shit to do, you got shit yep, to do, yep. I guess, you know? I just got to bust his balls a little of bit. Of course, of course. <laughs> it's funny you uh, had bring up the Jetsons, because I also had the Jetsons in my list here, just as far as, like, Rosie the Robot being okay. the most prominent thing, and guess touching back on that terminator vein again but uh you know having that artificial intelligence just around the house to help with the kids help clean up help with the pets whatever needs done uh did you ever see bicentennial man oh yeah with yep. uh, robin williams mm-hmm. what about you aaron i did yes what a that was a great movie. that was a pretty interesting movie it was it was and it, it was out there i guess but i mean it's not so far out there i mean right right yeah i if, if if that technology was here now, I think we'd probably have such things around the house, right? I mean, we've got Roombas now. <laughs> yeah. It'd be harder for the cats to ride around on these things. Well, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whose turn is it? My turn? I believe it's yours, sir. Okay. What about, uh, have you guys seen the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Yeah, with Russell Crowe? No. Jim Carrey and uh, Kate Winslet. Oh, okay. Okay. What it is in that film is it's in, set in the future and there's a technology that exists. Is like, say you have an, a time in your life. In this instance, it was a, a breakup, a bad breakup in a relationship that you just can't get over. Okay. It's just bringing you down. So you can go to this company. You can sign a waiver. They put this thing on you and they can remove those memories from your mind completely. Oh, wow. If such technology exists, would you do it? Either of you? Uh, no, I've seen Total Recall. It does not end well. <laughs> I, I can't top that answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think you might have broke this uh, this question. That's such a fair, very fair point. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Don't want to end up on Mars. <laughs> yeah. You know, even I don't know. Even if you you could make sure you didn't end up on Mars I don't think I would I mean even those bad experiences yeah you you can get over them eventually but right. I mean if you take it away won't you make the same mistake again you know yeah theoretically well it's not just that but the bad mistakes make you who you are it's not it's not all good I mean yeah. you know. right can't learn from something if you don't remember why you did it in the first place right absolutely yeah well segueing from one Arnold movie to another we should have just called this the episode, the Arnold episode, but <laughs> but uh, you guys have seen The Running Man, right? I've never. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, it's like a dystopian future, pretty sure it's The Running Man, like all the criminals are put inside a, like a game show type thing, and they like fight to the death or whatever on okay. it. So it's just, it's crazy to think like how far game shows have came since like the original days and now we're doing like fear factor and american ninja warrior and you know kind of oh stuff i like see that. so you're you're looking at the movies depiction of game game shows in the future that are more dangerous and have the a lot higher stakes not that american ninja warrior does but just you know where's that gonna look 
That's interesting. I mean, I, I, I would, you know, on the surface level, you think, okay, I don't know. <laughs> if these guys want the opportunities to do this, like inmates or something, like, well, why right. not? Why not? But I guess it's kind of unfair. Like, who wants a chance at freedom? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. one pull cue on the floor, make it quick kind of thing. <laughs> well, they had uh, another one like that. It was called that phrase. Yes. Um, yes. Same principle, just with racing. But yeah, do you you win, you win your freedom, and yeah. not a lot of people win. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people end up serving their, uh, getting their death sentence. I know they redid it with uh, Jason Statham, but wasn't John Carradine in the original? Is uh, it John or David? Maybe it was David. Okay. I think it was David Carradine. Okay, my bad. Yeah, John was his... Uh, father i think right yeah okay but no yeah that that movie was the original one was good i have not seen the one with jason Statham because again it's yeah. remakes i'm not a big fan so yeah you're not missing much <laughs> i'm what, sure what, i'm not what year was the original approximately uh, 70 70 right? something 72 really? 73 yeah. that was that old yeah yeah it was late 60s early 70s i think i did not know that <laughs> son of a that's bitch. why i'm here <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. And glad to have you as well. Uh, whose turn is it now? Is it Aaron's turn? To kind of segue to the from Bicentennial, man. Have you seen AI? Yes. yes. That that gets very could potentially go. And I love the concept how it goes through time. So it's you know when he gets lost in the city and has yeah. to you know follow Joe. It was it was very cool, and then seeing like the evolution of you know AI and all of that, and I'm just gonna ask you guys a question. Okay. Who, have you have you actually seen AI? Oh yeah, I actually own it on DVD. I love <laughs> that movie. Okay, those are not aliens. At the end, that everybody thinks they're aliens. No. That's actually evolved the AI. Everybody keeps thinking it's the aliens that came down and found them i'm like it's the evolution of humanity right right yeah it's the evolution of humanity and evolution of ai i thought that was that was really well done um it was yeah yeah it really was and you know even that movie has uh kind of predicted uh, technology that's now coming to surface. I don't know if it's even so much here in the United States, but I know didn't Jude Law play like a sex robot? And I yes. know that such yes. things exist now, like like robotic uh, sexual partners. Yes. And so, I mean, <laughs> not so much in the fashion of Jude Law, where you called that robot up and it'd show up at your door to to well get Fifty Shades of Grey on your ass, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely such things exist for sure all right well i took that to a weird place I <laughs> yeah, yeah she did. <laughs> back to you randy totally off the wall but futurama just the mm-hmm. uh, the day-to-day lives of people that <laughs> <laughs> are you hoping that there's a bachelor chow sometime <laughs> i just want a snarky smart ass robot man <laughs> oh yeah but it's not if he's trying to kill you all well the time, you know, yeah or... But Bender was never successful, so. <laughs> was he ever trying to kill? He just, maybe not. I think he was just sassy and, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of Stewie for some reason, I don't know. 
But uh, yeah, I love that show. Uh, the the tubes that suck you up and shoot you around. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could get on board with that. No, no. I get banged around. I can see that <laughs> happening. I feel like I was at the bank. <laughs> get somebody behind somebody who gets stuck in the tube, and then I'm stuck on someone's ass. <laughs> Power outage and those things cut out like halfway through. If flying cars were around, I mean, it's one thing if like we had been born like into an era of already existing flying cars, say. But if it's a technology that say has only been around ten years, are you are you going to be in a flying car? Either of you would you would you use a flying car? Sure. I mean, again, ten years. Ten years is. Think about it. Ten years is actually a pretty sizable yeah. time in technology. If you said, "Hey, the flying cars came out in 2021," you want to go in one? No. But ten years. I mean, think about it. Ten years ago, we didn't have uh, iPhone. Just came out ten years ago, and True. now, okay. So <laughs> technology is is a long time for technology to come around. Right. But let me tell you what. 38 years is a long time to know how bad your fucking luck is. So <laughs> my ass isn't getting in a flying car. Not, not only that, my, my strongest <laughs> argument against flying cars, and I've seen this meme all over Facebook, is um, basically like people like pushing their flying cars like with gas. Like, mm. I know my car, I can make it. And then it just drops. <laughs> <laughs> The people on the roads now can barely get their fucking cars around, let alone put them hovering in the right. sky. Like, mm. nah, I don't want to live in that world. I hope I'm dead by now. <laughs> or knowing your luck, you probably will be pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll just, I'll be in bed and the car will come right to the roof. Kill me. Jeremy Colley, the first person crushed by an out of, out of fuel flying car yeah then they'll have some uh jeremy uh, law or something in effect <laughs> like oh so glad i could be the fucking martyr that had to, law. <laughs> had to die for this <laughs> but let me ask you a question would you rather live in a future with flying cars or would you rather live in a future where mad max is uh is a thing no Flying cars because I can just decline. That's what I thought. Right. I can just. I can still walk. I can still just say no, thank you to the car. Right. I can't say no, thank you to a fucking truckloads of heathens driving at me with you know knives and shit out. I mean, we could always go the water world route. Mm, yeah. I don't Hard know pass. about that. I mean, when a movie starts with Kevin Costner recycling and drinking his own urine, I mean, it has to kind of set the bar for what you're about to watch <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, Am I wrong? Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whose turn are Who is it? Who's, who are we up to? I think that was me that went last. Okay. Um, how about uh, Wally? Oh, uh, Wally okay. looks at the earth that has just had to have been abandoned because it, we just trashed the shit out of it. And tell me we aren't just rushing straight for that. No shit, man. If that's the true question. What are we going to hit first, Terminator or Wally? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's a tough one, too. Because like, both are coming. Yeah, because like, <laughs> all the humans are like on the spaceship and they're like, they can't walk because they've been like sitting in chairs watching their iPads for centuries. Oh, wasn't it sad to see? But you're like... I, I can't be they, mad. I mean, they're, they're, they got wrong. it. They, they're not wrong. That's what's probably going to happen. <laughs> Wally would be kind of pretty messed up. Same as the um, 
I don't know if you've seen the animated one called Nine. Um, no. It's kind of like the same deal, kind of like a dystopian future, and it's like just robots taking over. Well, th- there's no humans, it's just robots, and they're basically evolving into this culture, creating their own thing. Okay. It was pretty cool. But yeah, with, with Wally, honestly, I think Wally is going to be before Terminator. Yeah. All right, who are we over to? We're over to Aaron now. Well, we can talk about Mad Max some more. I mean, yeah, that that could be also be somewhere that we're heading. I've said it before on this show, and I'm going to say it again right now. I don't know where in the dystopian future these motherfuckers are finding enough gasoline to just drive and fucking drive and drive and drive. Right next to the leather factory. It seems like that would be the one resource that would be just the hardest to find. Yeah. And they're just out there just screaming and driving and driving and screaming and killing and driving. And <laughs> well, you're assuming that they're using gasoline because technology equipped evolved to a point where we don't need gasoline anymore and we use Kevin Costner's sewer and who knows but no. they... <laughs> <laughs> oh no. shit got me out on that one <laughs> but weren't they stealing each other's fuels in, in the movie like didn't they so. steer each, steal yeah. each other's fuel trucks and whatnot? they did but I don't know if they I know in the first one they did Mad Max, um, the last one, The Fury Road. Yeah. Um, they might have. I, I have to see that movie again. The spray just... in the mouth was too much for me. I was just like, <laughs> like no, thank you. <laughs> I, you didn't. You didn't like the. You've seen The Fury Road with a guy with a guitar with the skulls. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, vaguely, I remember. I've only seen it once, and it was when it had first come out. Like on DVD, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mad Max has never been my uh, favorite go-to for. What is it with Kevin Costner and dystopian? Have you guys seen the had uh, post? Oh shit! The Postman. I need to think before I talk. <laughs> That's the problem. Talking before I think. The Postman. Yes. yes. What about you, Aaron? Have you seen that Kevin Costner movie, The Postman? I did. It was it was interesting. <laughs> I've seen a lot of I've watched a lot of movies and I like Kevin Costner, so Yeah. I didn't like I said, a lot of people didn't like Waterworld. This Waterworld was okay, it's just it was too expensive and too much. There was nothing up around it. it. Yeah. No one saw anything like that and just I don't think it people were really prepared for what that movie was and you're looking now you know with not to get political but the climate and stuff like that it can happen yeah so <laughs> absolutely that uh, that'd be kind of messed up if you end up in a war world type of situation kevin costner had it right the whole time there you go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, The Postman, I really enjoyed that film. I, I'm a huge Tom Petty fan, and he had a cameo in that movie, so okay, maybe okay. I'm a little biased. But no, I enjoyed that film totally. It was a little out there at times, but it was good. I enjoyed it. All right, where uh, are we? We're back to Randy. Yes, uh, so did you guys catch uh, Altered Carbon? I'm sorry? Altered Carbon on Netflix? No. Okay, it's it's a good sci-fi show. Um, basically, I'm really butchering and boiling down the premise but basically they're taking their like subconsciouses 
subconscious and uploading it to like a, a cloud drive mm-hmm. and then they can download it to a new body again really? i'm totally butchering that concept because there's so much wow. more involved but it's crazy to think you know something like that could be like the uh, bruce willis movie surrogates kind of have you ever seen that uh, i can't say that i have seen that no it's in the future where uh if you're like uncomfortable with your image you can buy an android and like you know, make it, it looks just like a human, but you can make it the features anything you want. Huge eyes, and you could be perfect. So you're okay. you're at home laying in this bed, synced up through your mind to this android you're controlling out in your everyday life. That's crazy. It's it was a good film. That would be very scary. <laughs> <laughs> it would because uh, you would never know who you're really talking. You know, if it's a robot or if it's an actual person, but. Yeah. And that showed a bunch of them sitting around, like uh, the, the the android equivalent of doing drugs was like jolting or something, and they were okay. like putting this like thing in the back of their head and like giving them like this <laughs> surge of electricity. It was funny, but a uh, good film. But no, a lot a lot of people told me that Aldous Carbon was really good. I just didn't get a chance to to watch it. I just finished watching Lock and Key, okay, just because I love those love those books. Um, but yeah, no, I'll definitely check out Alt Carbon. Yeah, it's, it's uh, really it's it's worth a shot. It, again, I just completely like butchered the premise. We watched the first season; I loved it. And the second season, I think, just dropped. But yeah, it's it's definitely worth your time. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Expanse? No, no, I haven't. Expanse is very cool. It's basically um, it's basically like humanity has left Earth and now is basically trying to find a new new home, essentially. Okay, but they're bringing their baggage with them so you know from pollution on these like kind of like earth ships and stuff like that it's very very cool so they're just making the same mistakes twice (laughs) pretty much pretty much but it's a it's a good show and i always like i said i was always intrigued by those type of shows like a lot of people didn't like stargate universe and i thought that was a very cool concept so because i I love everything to do with exploration and space and just more science of it than anything else i get it yeah totally well here's something really quick i feel worth mentioning yeah go for it how about the six million dollar man oh here's a look at a a future where we're able to modify our body into i guess uh inspector gadget kind of a or mega man you know mega man you know (laughs) any way you want to look at it works but uh, what about body modifications in the future? Any kind of body f- modifications we would uh, we would get, gentlemen? Oh boy! Well, well, think about it. We already have body mo- modifications. True, but not any that are helping us jump over walls or lift cars or do what needs to be done. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> I, I, I think it's coming i mean i honestly think it's coming you're gonna it's it's a technology that's gonna probably come to the military first you know with them being able to carry more ammo carry heavier weapons mm-hmm. you know for infantry and then it's gonna like everything else it's gonna come down to us yeah have you seen they actually already have uh Man, I can't even. I have no idea what it's called, but it, it, it's kind of like this exoskeleton-looking thing that kind of looks like what they had in the Edge of Tomorrow, where it like 
it hooks to the back of your legs and it's like a backpack thing. And it also comes, you know, the length of your arms. Okay. But it makes, uh, it takes all the strain off your back from like carrying heavy loads. And it showed these like army guys, like carrying these huge like bags and running upstairs in the stadiums, like effortlessly with them. That's crazy. Tons and tons of weight on their back. (laughs) It's amazing what that technology can do. No, for sure. And I, I think it's going to happen eventually. I mean, you know, I prosthetics, all that stuff. I think it's coming. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, for sure. I, 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 I full heartedly agree. I just wonder to what extent, like, are we able to be like, I want to jump 20 feet high. Can we make this happen? Doctor? Did you miss the moon shoes in the 90s or what, man? <laughs> I remember them. I remember almost twisting an ankle on them too. Was that just those like great big plastic things that had the rubber bands yep. between them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I about broke an ankle or two on those. I, you know, you know what else you missed? What's that? Nike pump. <laughs> Are you talking from uh, Back to the Future? No, no, the the pumps. Remember, you you could actually press on the. Bear into the soul. I had yeah. those. Were those like a futuristic thing or? Kind of. They were like, oh, these shoes will make you jump higher. And <laughs> oh, not you're it. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, because you have more air or more cushion in your yeah. soul to bounce right, off of. Right. I forgot about that. Wow, the pumps. I definitely had pumps. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had pumps in like fourth grade. <laughs> I had these shoes, uh, totally rabbit trailing, but they had like snowboard, like ratchet straps on them. But that—that that was how you like tied them. They really? Were, they, I think they were called like ratchets or something. But they were really slick, and you just slapped it in and tightened them up. And... I mean, I see what you're doing with your motion there, but sitting across the <laughs> table from you, that looks a little perverted. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, though. Well, you know, I missed the Valentine's Day episode, so over there ratcheting to his heart's content. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, we've got to mention Back to the Future, obviously. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Mean, how could we glaze over the most prominent, most obvious hoverboards, gentlemen? Are, uh, are, if these things existed, are we using hoverboards? Are, and I mean, not as a population, but you individually, are you guys using them? Considering I wanted wheelies when they came out, my wife was pretty much like, you're going to kill yourself with them. I'd probably have a hover hoverboard and then be in a full body cast in a couple weeks. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Aaron? I've seen them. I've seen them used. I have not used them myself. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Probably, again, flying car theory. I'm going to give it a couple of years until the uh, bugs are worked out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about all of it. I don't don't know. I don't think I would. (laughs) I might get one just to have one, but... Because it's like a skateboard, essentially, and I was terrible skateboarding, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I snapped my arm right in half skateboarding, which is why I have such hesitancy toward the hoverboard. But <laughs> it just seems like that'd be even more likely just to flip you straight on your fucking face, right. you know? That's but true. What about the self-drying jackets? Remember those oh, from back Oh, my God. Yes. self I mean, not that I would like that style of jacket, because that jacket was fucking awful he had, but um, (laughs) just to have, like, our jackets with that technology in them. Like, think of coming in out of the rain, you're soaking wet, you hit a button, and dry as a bone. Aaron, do you have kids? I don't. I don't. I I have two, and just the the concept of having something like that in children's clothes that... After meal times, I could just hose them down and hit that button. I mean that—that that does sound 
Amazing. There is a twinkle in your eye right now. There is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. After this episode, we're making soft drying jackets. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a good note to move on. I like, I like those being the last words of this week's Retro Roundtable. <laughs> so long as we didn't end on the ratchet. I like it. Yeah, the ratchet wouldn't have been a good thing to end on. <laughs> but with that... Let's turn our full attention over to Aaron and talk more about Book of Lyaxia. Aaron, thanks again for being here, and I'm excited to find out more about this project. Again, uh, funding the third book on Kickstarter, which is running until May 15th, and we encourage our listeners over there. But um, before we dig deep, can you tell the listeners uh, just a little bit about Book of Lyaxia? For sure. Um, so I basically call it mythology reimagined. So think of like different gods from different, you know, mythologies, Greek, Egyptian, Roman, Norse, all living together on the same realm. And they're separating families, kind of like Game of Thrones. Um, and they're fighting for dominance, like who's going to be the top dog. Um, wow. Story actually kind of follows the two brothers. And it's... Uh, I, I set up the first arc to be more of a mystery um, type of situation because I kind of throw the reader straight into the action um, and then kind of start peeling the onion, so to speak, as to what exactly is going on as the story progresses. So, you know, you, you'll get to see characters like Anubis, like interacting with Deimos and Kronos and Ares and Thor and... Uh, it's just it's a concept I've been working on for many years and I just I, I couldn't decide what format I wanted to have it in and ultimately I wanted to have it be visual and coming to do it as a as a comic book just made more sense. Right. No, I, I totally uh, I get that. That's really cool. So. Well, where did the inspiration for this project come from? I mean, did you already have like a love for uh, mythology or what was the inspiration for this project? Right. So as, as a kid, I've always read a lot of, you know, Greek mythology, Greek myths, you know, legends, uh, Egyptian, a little bit of Norse, but it was mostly Greek and Egyptian that I just fell in love with that world and, you know, grew inspiration from it. Be it as such, when I originally wrote the story, um, the the first inserts of the story, it was actually um, a Star Wars fan fiction. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, the very, very, very first draft I've ever done. Um, it it had the two brothers in there, and um, it, it it dealt with you know how they're basically um, being trained as as Seth. Um, and um, I just kind of wanted to explore it. And as as I started evolving it, as I started doing everything else, um, mythology always kept coming back. Because every time I'd introduce a new character, it would be a character from mythology. And then I would go back and rewrite the, basically rewrite the concept. The, the general concept of it is, you know, still there. But it's definitely tweaked quite a bit um, because I wanted to to basically be able to incorporate all of those different myths and how to have them all interact with with each other and and why. Um, that was that was kind of the final decision where I went with it. Right. You now about seven years ago. <laughs> 
Hey, man, um, these things take time yeah. to develop. Uh, any good project does. So, yeah, right now with the third book coming out, it's the the first couple of books I really wanted to do, even though they move relatively briskly, they're, you know, pretty fast-paced. Some people say that it's sometimes too fast, but really wanted to kind of uh, world build as much as I could without um spoiling everything because i wanted to kind of give people breadcrumbs as the story continued and as it progressed every issue has a little bit of a story that's gonna be maybe important now you know issue three you've seen something in issue one that's important in issue three something that happened in issue three that's important in a later issue and so on and so forth i really wrote it in in that particular way i tried to have it somewhat non-linear it's not like um i i don't want to say it's like memento where everything's jumping around but it's it has the elements of when it's not as linear as some comic books you've read before. So you're essentially you could uh, like jump in on a second or third issue and uh, you know enjoy somewhat of a self-contained con- story, not being totally lost, is what you're saying. Right. Um, it's it's all there's definitely references to the other issues, but I really uh, this particular arc is gonna be seven issues. I want it to be as a completely self contained so the beginning middle end um and by the end of seven you would know exactly what's you know what that story was and then obviously being that it is mythology you know you can evolve into something completely different because i mean it, it was very hard to to make a decision which gods I really want to focus on because you say mythology, you say Egyptian mythology, you have hundreds and hundreds of gods in just Egyptian. And then when you start doing everybody else, especially if you start doing stuff with angels and demons, Mm -hmm. then, you know, everything, everything opens up. So I really, as, as, widespread as the story is i really wanted to have it focused and that's why that original idea about the two brothers was that i had from the original you know star wars fan fiction that's the that's the idea that stuck from that because that was always the focal point of the story it's just i wanted to make it about you know family and ultimately you know how how do you relate to somebody that's essentially a god not essentially a god, a god. Um, and it's basically through their strife and what they have to endure and all of that. And that, to me, was the, the focal point of the story. Right. That's really cool, man. I like the journey to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's really neat. And another thing uh, that's really cool about this project, definitely worth mentioning, is the artwork. And uh, with an artist we are no stranger to... Uh, of the show. Yeah, and Columbus uh, native here, Sean Forney, who, uh, again, has put some beautiful artwork in your book. How'd you uh, hook up with Sean? So Sean's actually doing the colors on the book. He did the colors on the um, on the third, and um, he's doing the colors currently on the fourth book. I see. Um, I've hooked up on him, honestly, on, on Facebook um, through 
some of the some of the groups and I've seen his art and he was available so I've worked also with Jesse Higgy um he was the he's a colorist on the book as well so in that third issue you will see a, a bit of Sean and a bit of Jesse in there as well um the one thing that I really wanted to do with the book is the colors are kind of a character in their own if you look at the book like um, when you get to the Egyptian, you know, Egyptian realm or Egyptian town, city, um, I really wanted to have like a dark, more muted, more earthly colors. Um, and then the the city of the twins, I kind of wanted to have more lively, but more of a twilight type of look to it. Like, because the, the way that I did it, the planet or the about the planet that the whole story is around, uh, happening on, it has three suns. So with the three suns, kind of scientific, but the way that it is, if anything has three suns, you'll have something that's always in dusk and something that's always dark. So I really wanted that portion of it to... Not that anybody would know that. It's just, it's one, it's one of those things. It's, it's, a, it's a trivia thing. You know, when you try to please everybody, it's like it's a small thing I can I can focus on. <laughs> right. I like uh, how I've never heard that said on the show. Like the color is almost like a character in itself. Yeah. I've never heard that description before. I really enjoy that. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's true because it's if you if you flip for the book, um, you you will see that change. It's it's. I try to make it gradual until you, you'll you'll see the biggest change between on issue one. Like if you read issue one, um, the end of the issue one is kind of the beginning of the introduction of the Egyptian realm and and their city, um, and you'll see a complete change of color and palette and all of that. I, I, I love when people play with colors like that. You know, we were just talking with uh, the Fury and the Tramp people, and they were talking about, you know, since their setting of their comic is going to, you know, like the 30s mm-hmm. era, they're going to try to give their color that technicolor look right, from yeah. that time. And yeah. just, just playing with colors in any kind of way like that is so freaking cool, so imaginative. I uh, Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, your Kickstarter again, running till March 15th. Encourage people to head over there, and again, we will have links up. But uh, for backers of this project, what, uh, what, are the, what can they expect? So right now I have for the first 40 backers of the physical book, I have, um, I'm actually giving away the Aries, it's an Aries holographic sticker that was done by an artist called Danny Kim. He did all of these um, kind of like little headshots, but they're very, very cool. I can show them to you later and you can post them on there. Um, but I did post them on the on the Kickstarter as well, so people can check it out. Um, also, I'm going to have some mini prints, you know, that are going to be available to the backers. I have a ton of, like, if you're into varying covers, I have a ton of varying covers. Some are done by some of the top artists in the industry as well. Um, like, for example, the issue number one, I had a varying cover done by Kenneth Rockefeller. If you know who that is, 
he was working on Superman, Batman, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Is a, so, um, and then Ali Garza is doing like this. Uh, f- it's going to be first four issues. That's going to be a connecting, you know, full connecting cover that you can also see on um, on Kickstarter. And then, you know, just a bunch of prints. Um Another thing I was planning to do, um, I, I may do that, is um, do a little bit, uh, like a small magnet, like a, a, a fridge magnet with a, with a logo of the book. So I think that would be kind of cool. Um, because the one thing, I, I don't know if you got to see the logo, what I wanted to do is I have the, um, the symbols of the three families, three main families, which is the Lyaxia, Lander, and Anastas. Lander is the Egyptian one. Lyaxia is the one for the brothers, which is kind of like a main family. And Anastas is kind of like a other Greek gods. So you're going to have Ares, Adonis, Athena, Artemis, Apollo. So all of them are going to be, you know making an appearance at, at one point. The way that I did the logo, I have the the main family, the Lyaxia logo, you know, with the wings and the sword, mm-hmm. and then the smaller logos for the families. And then on the bottom of the logo, I kind of have like a old pantheons. So like the old, you know, how the Zeus was represented back in, in old Greece or like um, Egyptian. So true gods, like the way that they were represented. And that kind of finishes up the logo for the book. So that was, I kind of wanted to pay homage to the originals. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's awesome. understandably. And who the hell doesn't like a magnet? A magnet's right. like oh, a yeah. sticker, man. Everybody wants a magnet, right? Oh, yeah. So there's some incentives <laughs> and alternate covers, pinups, magnets, can't go wrong. Yep. Pinups, uh, magnets, mini prints, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. All kinds of goodies, all yes, kinds sir. of goodies. And uh, people can go to bookoflyaxia.com, that's L-Y-A-X-I-A, and uh, that'll route you over to the Kickstarter or follow the links on our website. Uh, Aaron, is there anywhere else we should be directing people? Right now, I, I have a website for the um for the store but it's everything's cheaper if you get especially if you get the bulk on a kickstarter by have my studio which is alkyon studios um a l c y o n e studios.com and that's where you can get the some some prints that are not available on a kickstarter but um, for the most part, you can get everything on a Kickstarter for a lot better price. <laughs> yeah. well, very good. Very good. And we'll help, again, push people over that way. But And uh, we wish you the best of luck with it. But it looks yeah, like your last two have been very successful. So it looks like uh, you're going to be successful here, too. So, uh, uh, again, uh, best of luck to you. And, Aaron, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Randy, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com, check out past episodes, check out uh, celebrity guests we've had on, uh, our Hall of Heroes, and if you're uh, interested in being on the show, uh, contact us through our forum on there, and uh, 
and try and get you on. There it is. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And once again, if you like what we're doing, you want to show your boys some support, want to help keep the lights on in here, keep these mics hot for us, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod. And for just $5 a month, you get access to more content. Uh, there's, what, over two years of a show on there, the Candare yeah. Patreon pod. And if you like this show, well, you're going to love that one. Yes, sir. You're going to love that one. And, uh, again, more things coming down the pike there. Randy, what else am I forgetting? So if you like what you're hearing on here and want to hear more of Jeremy and Jack uh, in more of a cerebral setting, check out the What If mm-hmm. pod, um, if yeah. their other show. Yeah, thank you, Randy. At uh, whatifpod.com, or if you search What If series in your podcast player of choice, it'll come up. If you just search What If, you get a whole slew of podcasts with What If in the title. But What If series... That's your ticket to success. Yes, sir. Or Candare Productions. If you search that, it'll bring this and that show up. But, uh, yeah, me, uh, Jack, and uh, our other friend, our other host, Ryan Little, we will talk about... We haven't done it in a while. We've kind of on a hiatus from it, but we're going to be getting back into it soon here. Just been busy. Been busy. Everybody, especially Ryan. We spent about 40 minutes looking at a twist on reality. What if we could control the weather? What if animals could talk? What... If Bigfoot had been discovered, what if the Earth actually were flat? And uh, again, talk about 40 minutes in the most realistic light as we can. So, uh, yeah, again, check that out. And I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Randy Hartbrook. And I'm Aaron Pohara. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where you gotta go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare podcast. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Don't forget to, once again to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and on Instagram at under, can underscore air. I almost forgot the most important. <laughs> I can't talk. Let me start that again. This is the Candare oh, currency. It's crazy. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because 
The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.